Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Panda Pod. Um, I am Rab, and I'm joined, as usual, with my friends Wiggy. Hey! And Jeff. Hello. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about something um, near and dear to my heart, and that's the Roman Empire. Uh, I guess Rome in general, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll get into some uh, Rome as a city stuff too. Who knows? But um, he doesn't love Rome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm going to start off by asking um, you guys a question, and that is the one that's on everybody's mind. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? All the time. Like I really feel like I think about the Roman Empire every day at some point if not like several times a week for sure if i don't think about the roman empire at least three times a day i'm sleeping <laughs> like, <laughs> at least three times a day at least damn i it, mean that that is significantly more than me i i think i usually think about it more often if i'm playing you know crusader kings 3 or something like that but day to day life, I mean, it's 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 pretty rare, honestly. That's interesting. You know, I, I've talked to a few different people about this ever since this question went viral on TikTok, and the general consensus seems to be either you think about the Roman Empire on a like daily basis, and not even like a lot about it, just something about it. There's a there's a Rome sink every day, right? Or you simply never think about it. Like the number of people I've talked to now who are like, I don't ever think about the Roman empire. Why would I like, and like my reaction is the same reaction as some of those guys on the TikTok videos. I'm like, what do you mean you never think about the Roman empire? <laughs> you talk right. about it. <laughs> it was like a huge part of human history. And you know, most of the people I'm talking to are white. So they probably had ancestors in the Roman empire, you know? Sure. Normally, okay. So actually, that's a, that's an interesting angle because if I'm normally if I'm thinking about history, um, like I do often think about how like events that are happening today, like go like where their roots came from in history. But usually, I'm thinking about the period of World War II, or like maybe stretching back to Napoleon. Interesting. So your mind just never wanders back to those like the more ancient times. And maybe this has to do with my Christian upbringing too. Now that I'm really thinking about it is like, cause Jesus was Rome, like the Roman sure. period, you know? Well, if we were raised Chinese, we'd be thinking about something different for sure. 
Right, we'd be thinking about the Ming Dynasty or whatever at the time, or the Mongolian Empire. Was that around the same time as around? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know anything about timing. Times <laughs> the Mongolian oh. Empire. I mean, Genghis Khan. That was way way later than the Roman Empire. I mean, that was like yeah, Byzantines were almost ready to fall at that point. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was definitely after. Uh, that that was the the flip side response to Jesus. There were plenty yeah. of Mongols though that just not. I mean, I, I I think Mongolian Empire is more like Genghis Khan's shit. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely later. Like the the thing about I mean, I'm with you too, Rev. Like I I think about World War Two a lot too. Um, just because there's lots of strife in the world, right? And when, so when you start to think about the history of strife, that's obviously the big one, right? That's like the most recent giant, big, terrible um, world war, right? Right. Um, and it wasn't terribly long ago like our our grandparents were <laughs> like sure in that age right like so it's not like it was you know six generations done like i never think about world war one the only time i think about right. world war one is when i'm is when i'm thinking about world war two or we're having a conversation and like like someone brings up Hitler. Like I, I think about the history of Hitler and how he was in World War One. Like that's the only time I think of World War. Like sure. <laughs> well, World War One's important for setting the context of World War Two. So right. I, I, I do. I feel like I need to stop us. We we probably ought to do a World War Two episode at some point too. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're, we're gonna do a whole we're gonna do a whole series on World War Two. Even if it's just me sitting here talking the entire time. <laughs> Maybe that should be on your podcast. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. That, that definitely, that definitely What's the name of your be. new podcast, Wix? Uh, my new podcast. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to. I don't remember. Edit in the name of the new podcast here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah, Jamie, well, bring up that. Uh... <laughs> Jamie. Yeah, look it up, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, Google search a podcast that has never been released. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I can't remember at the moment. So yes, I am coming out with a new podcast. Um, but we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about that later. I don't want to detract from our Rome. So um but I I do think about Rome multiple times a day. And it's not always it's not always like a like I'm gonna sit here and think about Rome for five minutes. Sure. Usually it's it's like kind of like how you're talking about like a, a sink type thing. Mm-hmm. Like like I'm washing my hands and I'm like, oh, aqueducts, you know, like <laughs> like that's how it is, you know. Uh, it's yes, not plumbing. Yeah, it's like plumbing, you know. Or you know, I think about how crappy our roads are, and I'm like, man, why can't we just make good roads, you know? Or um things like that you know and especially with politics like like that's right. the big one right like that's that's i mean we're we're effectively modeled after after that and so it's it, it definitely pops up there all the time in my head but yeah i mean i think about this at least three times a day if not more at least in small bursts we've got a theory that um the reason some people think about it a lot and other people don't, and this is, of course, a crackpot woo 
theory that I've got is that it all has to do with like past lives, you know? So the people that think about Rome a lot had like several past lives that took place in Rome, which I mean, that makes sense. It was this very right. long period of time. A lot of people lived and died in the Roman Empire. If, you know? if that's the case, then I got stabbed at night in the alleyways at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably true, you know? Yeah, I just kept getting stabbed because you weren't supposed to go out at night. So, <laughs> but I, I like to be awake at night, so I've probably been stabbed a couple times in the streets. I was talking to Elia about this question. Cause she's the first person who asked me this question. I was like, on the toilet coming back to the bath or to the bedroom and she's like hey how often do you think about the roman empire and like i casually walked in i was like eh, i don't know a couple times a day probably and she started cracking up I'm like what are you laughing about and she's like i'm watching these videos and apparently that's a big thing I'm like, yeah, of course well, it, it is yeah well it's also a thing it's a it's a predominantly a guy thing too right because we're for whatever reason we're more prone to like history um, you know that's interesting it, because i i thought that was the case too but then i talked to like several women who also said they think about it on like a daily basis too my good friend tiff she thinks about it all the time you know and i was like well what what could be the reason for that and that's where i really came up with the like past life idea is that like maybe the reason some people think about it all the time is because you know part of them was roman you know Right, and and even on a um, uh, like even if you want to take the past lives theory like into a totally scientific you know place, you can, I mean that it makes sense that the ghosts of people that were alive then still have effects over us. You know what I mean? Like the sure. the echoes of their being, the 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 way that they you know had a huge effect on the world, um, that still reverberates yeah and maybe it's even like the the assassin's creed version of it you know where it's literally built into our dna these past lives that we live or whatever our, our ancestors their their history somewhat is written into us that's what right. i was about to say is there is you know the i mean we know to at least some degree that genetic memories are real Right. Like, we yeah. don't we can't explain them, but there's a reason why, you know, most people are afraid of the dark. There's a reason why, um, you know, most of like we fear the very specific we fear the boogeyman in the dark and we fear like large cats, you know, like <laughs> we used to be hunted by large cats. Right? right. So, you know, it's one of those things where. You know, we're afraid of, you know, lots of people are afraid of, of the ocean because it's, you know, it's such a force. And I think we've talked about that before, how afraid of the ocean I am. You mm -hmm. know, like, like it, there's these things that are just ingrained in us and we can't explain them. Um, and so, so it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, we have some memories handed down through our genetics i mean it also explains the rapid growth of technology over time um which is a crazy conspiracy of mine um which is that we don't necessarily have to relearn basics um in order to be able to expand our um our grasp on technology right like i don't know how to do any bushcraft 
but I can use all of the technology available to my like available to me, right? Like, or I can I can help create things using technology, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't have to have those basic skills in order to do that. Um, sure. Well, I like that idea. I see a lot of Roman synchronicities lately, ever since like that question was first asked to me, you know, like I'm like I'm seeing little things like I'll open up chat GPT. OK, and like one of the, like example props prompts has something to do with Rome, you know, little things like that. Like it's just I, I'm seeing it more and more. Sure. Yeah, I, I got to keep an eye out, I guess. Um, I mean, you said aqueducts. I literally remember thinking about aqueducts like less than a week ago so i mean it's not like i never think about any of it uh it's just i i feel like i don't resonate with the multiple times a day answer i would say like it feels to me like it's less than once a week i think there's a part of it that also has to do with um your daily interactions with specific things too right like sure i mean how much do you spend i mean how much time do you really spend paying crazy close attention to politics or how much great you know like like how how often are you like actually immersed in the things that are influenced by rome you know right um and and you wouldn't also just you know maybe i'm weird and i just always constantly get these tiny things because i'm just like i'm driving down the road road you know like sure (laughs) maybe maybe i'm the strange one you know like well clearly not (laughs) <laughs> yeah Let's maybe jump to conclusions rap <laughs> well we have yeah. evidence from the internet meme that it's plenty of people i, oh, I would be curious if anyone's done a study yet i would guess there has to be somebody who's at least done polls mm-hmm. so do we think the question's a psyop what do you mean like like so that question comes up and it starts and it becomes viral and people start realizing you know how many people are thinking about rome and the it's somebody trying somebody or some group trying to make us aware of the things that are going on in the world right now that are very similar to things that have happened in the past in rome or what if it's just a psyop to get people to think about rome like it's a viral marketing campaign by some fucking stupid movie that's going to come out about rome in three years <laughs> it's so funny. i just saw a um Oh, never mind. I was gonna say I just saw a thing about Ridley Scott's new movie, but that's about Napoleon, not about Rome. Never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to see that movie real bad. Yeah, it looks really good. I heard there's gonna be like a four-hour director's cut. That's really holy hell. Online. Like, oh, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's like maybe the, it's the Pope's marketing team. <laughs> like, let's get on the TikTok. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say the Roman Empire usually in the meme, right? It says Rome. Yeah. So maybe they just maybe it's the, the tourism board of Rome. So well, I mean, I was gonna take you guys through just a brief history of not. Um, I mean, a brief history of the Roman Empire done well would take more than this entire podcast. It would take three or four hours, but just a just literally some historical basis so we can kind of understand what what types of periods we're talking about, right? Um, and so. I mean, obviously, there was the Roman Republic first, um, and that – I don't have the dates of that pulled up in front of me right now, um, but that ended in 27 BC. Um, 
and so uh, after that, um, there was a period of Julius Caesar's dynasty that was on the throne for um, really only like 40 years. And that started with Octavian, right? Correct, yeah. And we can get back to specific emperors later, but I kind of just want to talk about like periods just so we can um, set some context, right? Sure. Um, And that ended with Nero. Nero was the last of Caesar's dynasty to rule. Um, After that, there was some instability for a while. Um, There was a little bit less instability, and then eventually... um, they had the five good emperors, which was 96 AD to um, 180 AD. And so obviously the, all of those guys, those five, ruled for a long time. Um, and that includes uh, Nerva, which is a rarely talked about emperor, but also some real famous ones like Trajan, Hadrian, uh, Antonius Pius. I don't hear that guy talked about a lot. Uh, Marcus Aurelius is in here, too. Those are the five good emperors. I guess he's Antoninus. Yeah, that's a hard name to say. Um, and then that dynasty lasted until 192. Um, and then they had a, a lo- another long period of instability. And the, the, the time during the Five Good Emperors was actually Rome's like largest territorially. So that's that ends by 180 AD. And I mean... There were definitely periods of up after that, but never as far up as it was at that time. Um, and so uh, after that, they had instability for a while. Um, there's a really famous period called the Crisis of the Third Century um, that takes place 235 to 285 AD. Um, and then eventually, they get some, you get some more famous emperors like Diocletian in 284 AD, um, and he kind of comes up with the idea of splitting Rome into multiple pieces because it was getting too big and too complicated to rule. That was east and west, right? Yeah, I mean, it, he actually divided into four territories, um, but uh, they are actually, uh, yeah, he divided into four territories. Yeah, um, but. East and West is how it ended up shaking out in the long run. Um, most after him, after his period, there was there wasn't really that system of four rulers. It it kind of changed into two, and sometimes it would be just one. Um, but after that is when Wikipedia starts listing whether they're West, East, or whole, right? Because it's, there's so many of them. So uh, eventually, though, um, they you know convert to Christianity. That's a big thing. Um, And that happens around uh, the 300s AD. Um, Obviously, uh, it happened differently in different places. Um, And then not too long after that, in most scholars say 476, the Western Roman Empire fell. Um, and uh, the Eastern Roman Empire continued on, you know, until 1453 is when most people date that as ending. And I'm not going to cover the Eastern Roman Empire because that's too much. That's fair. So how long did the Roman Empire stand? 
if you count okay up until the the western empire falls mm -hmm. that would be uh let's see 27 bc so that's 28 years until zero right plus mm -hmm. uh 476 so uh, just about 500 years a little bit okay. over interesting it's really not that long when you think about it yeah i mean it's not that long but it's also you know 200 years longer than the u.s has existed right well right. yeah yeah the u the u.s is 247 this show uh now it's 247 years old yeah so, so, so twice so, as long twice as long um the fall like the real when that that split happened is really when the beginning of was like the beginning of the the end um it still took a long time right right <laughs> um, but but that was kind of the beginning of the of the end um i do think it's worth pointing out because i feel like a lot of people think about you'll hear people like say oh we're we're gonna we're turning into the roman empire you know like we have all these things that are happening that are so similar to how the roman empire fell we're gonna fall next too but nobody ever talks about how it's like it's like a hundred years it took for them to fall right like really right. you know yeah. so we got well, some you... time it's not like tomorrow we're gonna collapse because gays are getting married you know what right I mean? if you count the if you count the <laughs> greatest on. extent Hold on a second. That was a wild statement. I knew you were no, but I mean that's like something you hear sarcastic. a Christian say, you know, something along the lines like, "Oh, we're we're just letting everyone get married to anything." You know, this is what the fall of the Roman Empire was caused by was the <laughs> and doing whatever you want. Sure, sure, sure. I hate to say it, but I think they had more gay people in the beginning than the end. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> the Republic days were wild. Um, yeah, so what I was going to say about that, though, about the comparison and the time scale, I mean, if you count the, the point, the time from their largest territorial expansion, that would be in, um, 117 under Trajan. And 117 is the end of Trajan's rule, but we, let's just take that as the date, right? That's still, you know, 400 or 350 years, right? Right. Uh, that it took them to to fully decline. Yeah, and and it was it, there was a lot of factors to that too. Right, right, like like you know, one was you know they were still constantly being invaded by what they deemed was barbarians, right? Which is like Germanic tribes and uh, the Goths. Um, you know, it, they had. Um, you know when they split you know the the eastern empire was you know largely like greek speaking you know um and they had better ties than the west did and so you know they started just sapping all of the resources away from the west right um, you know i mean there's there's literally i can speak on multiple things um about why they fell, but it, it really did take a while. Plague is a big factor too. <laughs> yeah, plague. Um, you know, they they had an and they also had an over reliance on slave labor. 
So when they got to their biggest point, right? So this entire time, it's conquest, right? So, right. And we knew that they, they were big on slaves. And this wasn't just, you know, uh, because of, like, skin color or whatever. Like, if they took sure. you over, uh, you know, a majority of your population would become slaves. And there would there it, would, it was really difficult for anybody to become an actual citizen. So, right. like, like, most of your people are slaves at that point and forced into labor. Well, once they get to a place where they're so big and they stop their, their, their spreading because, like, like Rab said earlier, it got really hard for them to manage. Right. right. So, so, so as they, they expanded to that point, they couldn't expand anymore. Um, and because they had so many troubles governing, so they started to shrink. And since they they weren't doing any more conquests, their slave labor population was slowly dying away. And so they had tons of economic problems because right. they used slave laborers for everything. Because you don't want citizens to have to work because they're citizens. They're special. Sure. You know. So, you know, there was also like. But, you know, we were talking about overexpansion. You know, there was also tons of military over overspending, essentially, right? Like because it, it costs so much money to maintain this giant empire. Well, it's a good um, thing we learned that mistake. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and it's just, you know, and and I think Christianity had a, a small part to play in it too, because so you go from a um, from the core of the government being um, uh, all about Roman traditional values to a softer Christianity. And so, like, a lot of... That's when a lot of the, um, like, social networks started to come, in, come into place and things of that nature. So... There's a lot, there's a lot of more softening of the culture, um, which, which to some degrees was really, really good. They did some really good things, but they didn't have the money because of the problems that they were experiencing to pay for things. <laughs> so, right. so their economy just started officially just kept, they just had economic problems. For, I, I, yeah. I want to talk about the, the transition to Christianity a little bit. I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, effectively, what you're saying about their expanding and expanding and that carrying the empire early on is is totally true. And I think what happens when they um, hit a, their wall um, is that they start, and this is just not an, intel, an intentional decision, but something they have to do, is start managing their internal affairs more effectively and getting um, like uh getting like expanding almost in a way internally though right and i see Chris, the conversion to christianity as them adopting a technology essentially to control the populace a little bit better yeah yeah very that very well could be you know i mean because back then you know you you start to this is the beginning of like this era is the beginning of like uh, the the Catholic faith 
becoming powerful, right? It's like like this is when they are really spreading like they're spreading the faith and and you know back then not everybody could read or write right so so like a lot of the people that could really read and and were like you could be the smart the smartest person in your town could very potentially just be your priest right um so so they have a lot of power and so why not you know merge your your government with your religion once again like they did had done before so they've already done this in the past where they merged their government and their religions together and to make it more powerful and more stable um and so i agree with you i definitely think that's what happened and i don't know i don't know whether or not like you said whether or not it was a um a conscious decision, but I think it it was probably a natural thing for them to do because they had already done that in the past. Yeah, well, supposedly Constantine saw um, a image when he was fighting a battle of uh, crucifix and I think Jesus too in the sky. Um, supposedly that's what happened. Now, I mean, I mean, I think that literally, like, if you can see the writings on the wall and you have to convert to Christianity to, like, keep the thing going, you're going to see that image in the sky. Right. Yeah. It's like a a thirsty person in a desert. You're going to see an oasis. Right. You know? Exactly. When did it stop being the Roman Empire and become the Holy Roman Empire? So the Holy Roman Empire is actually, there was a long period of time where that didn't exist either. Um, it was uh, basically started by Charlemagne again. Charlemagne was, he, um, his reign was from 774 AD to 814 AD. So I would say it's pretty much indisputable that there was no western roman empire at all from the years 476 and 774 oh and it says on here actually sorry um it says on here he was um emperor uh, 800 uh, bc or uh, sorry 80 um <laughs> uh so, so he had 17 years yeah he was only uh he was only emperor for 14 years of uh the holy room what what could be considered the holy roman emperor um, and he did not call himself the Holy Roman Empire. He called himself the Emperor of the Romans. Um, and then after he died, there was a lot of infighting between his sons. And, and, and I would say most scholars agree that there wasn't a Holy Roman Empire then either. Um, and that it only came about um, in 962. Interesting. So there's like a 400 year period there where basically the Roman Empire just didn't exist. Correct. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it, and this is an interesting fact, too, when people bring like parallels to the U.S., um, a lot of people did still call themselves Romans and they may have even paid like I mean, I'm sure some people did. I'm they're sure there's way better records on this that people you, you could look into. Right. But um, like they didn't the people back then didn't be like oh the empire is gone i better stop paying taxes to <laughs> the em the emperor they i mean they would continue like their rituals and stuff like the like people were still claiming to be the emperor 
um, and and trying to uh, to you know continue that on, right? And and that's that 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 goes into like the Catholic Church collecting tithes and stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Not to, not to mention that there there would still have been, if I remember correctly, there still would have been some semblance of a senatorial government. Correct. Uh, Rome continued to have a senate even after the empire fell. Right. So, so there was still a centralized government. There just was no emperor. Um, and, and I mean, but like 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 Rab said, like there still may have been during different periods in time people who who were acting as emperor. They just didn't have any big impact. So we don't really care about them. Right. Like as far as history is concerned. Right. Like, um, yeah. I mean, historians agree they didn't rule. Um, and even, even the last ones, like, you know, I mean, it's disputed exactly when the the Western Roman empire fell the last, it's basically like a gradient. You know what I mean? Like that it goes from, you know, they slowly start feudalizing. And what basically happened is that, um, little, like um fiefdoms would get kind of like exceptions on their taxes essentially um they would realize that they could just produce everything internally and they didn't need to pay taxes to rome they weren't getting anything out of the deal basically um and so that's kind of how feudalism developed is that those realms started getting smaller and smaller right and that's how we have the transition into what we consider feudalism yeah and and so the i mean talking since we're talking about the fall I'll go ahead and start talking about it. Um, so, like Jeff has brought up before, there, there's people are talking a lot about parallels between, uh, you know, the fall of the. And it's been it's been a while. People have been talking about this, but all great empires fall, at least to a degree. The and and the most recent power fall of an empire. We can talk about um, we talk about England, right? We talk about the United Kingdom. Sure. Um, they were the most recent global power that no longer has the global power that they had before, and are now restrained essentially to their own land, right? Like they still carry uh, some political power. Um, and still have good connections to other places in the world, but they're not the they don't own like they don't they don't own places anymore. <laughs> um, they kind of kind of stopped that that empire building right um, and fell back. And so and and the le- so the lessons that can be learned from this right. So the first thing is invasions right. Um, so if we want to want to, so Rome had invasions by barbarian tribes. If we want to equate something like this to the United, what the United States go through, not so much. We're ne- we're never really invaded. However, we are constantly in some small to medium scale war, right? Somewhere. Right. Um, so we are still constantly fighting, and that put that tax our re- taxes our resources. Um, 
economic troubles and over-reliance on slave labor was something that the Romans had a problem with. So we don't necessarily have an over-reliance on slave labor. However, you could say, you could, you could, well, let me finish. You could say that our current, well, there's, there's three aspects to that, right? So now that one is now that we're in a global economy, the things that the companies that we have do run using slave labor in other parts of the world. Right. That's something we can say. The There's second more slaves were, uh, now than there were um, during ever. the Civil War. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no more slaves now than there were ever. Right. That's just, that, I mean, that's just that's just how it is. Um, but secondly, its own people. Um, the the gap between the gap is increasing um, because of the economic troubles. So are the people on the lowest end of the totem pole? are almost essentially slaves at this point because yeah, that's that gonna be my point there's there's no way there's no way it's it's uh, outside of winning the lottery or getting some kind of fallout like like monetary like monetary win there's no way for them to get out of where they are um just because of that's how the system's been put in place um our economic troubles are have been made extremely apparent ever since the pandemic um, if not before then. And so so we're, we're definitely overspending on a lot of things. We're definitely not using resources the way that we should be using resources, etc. Um, we don't have to deal with what's necessarily like a split off and like the rise of the Eastern Empire, which is what they had to contend with. Well, you never know. There's always Gavin Newsom. I was going to say, I think the Republicans got something to say about that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. But we are we are politically split at the moment. Sure. And now that we're in a global economy, which which Rome could you could say that they were slightly in a, a global economy for what was the known world at the time, right? Um, you could say that they were a global economy, um, but our competition has banded together um, and they are now causing massive problems, right? And this being Russia, China, India, Iran, um, everybody that's in that, that pact um, that Russia created. Right? Well, so, I think you're talking about BRICS and that does include now Saudi Arabia, which definitely is not against the United States. Right. But, but they are. Because because sure. the entire idea of BRICS is to use a different currency, so right. they're attacking our currency. So so this is a pro a problem. Um, the next is overexpansion and military spending, overspending. Now we don't have overexpansion in the sense of taking over territory and having to manage large swaths of territory. However, we are funding other governments. Because well, they can't fund themselves, and our military is is like we've said before, three to four times the size of the next three in line combined, and they're our allies. Sure, I mean it's it's also conceptually kind of the same thing because the um, I mean, like I guess the Romans they the way that I think it is worth taking a step a pause here and talking about like what 
how did they conquer territory? Because like they basically um, wanted the cities to pay tax to Rome, the city. That was that was what they conquered territory to do. I mean, yep. sometimes they would build cities, like in you know England, but um, they would they would basically try to get tax money flowing back to the one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so eventually, those places get poorer over time. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess what I what I'd like to say is basically like that we don't conquer territory. The United States does not conquer territory. I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to that too. Um, I mean, we did conquer a whole lot of territory hundred, you know, hundred or more years ago, right? But the we don't today conquer territory, but we still take profit back from other countries to the U.S. And if you can guarantee a system or like a system for at least one country where you're always going to get somebody U.S. friendly in charge, I mean, effectively, what is the difference? between right. like, those two things. Right. And so what we do, and, and this is actually what we're doing in Ukraine right now, and most people don't know about this and they don't think about it and it's never talked about on media, which is when we go to a place like this, and so when it talks about all this money that we're like providing to Ukraine, right? First off, the thing that we need to realize is first this... All of this money is technically a loan. It's all technically a loan. Okay. Now, whether or not we ever see that money back is a completely different story. But this is what we've done over and over again. We give them a loan to give them military aid, and then they have to pay us back over time. So it's in our best interest to make sure that they win. That's how, that's how we do that. So we're technically, we're essentially doing the same thing that you were talking about before. We're making them indebted to us, and, the, and then they have to pay us. So we're not attacking them. We're doing it in a more quote-unquote friendly way, but we're still using our power over them to make sure that they continuously pay us money. Right. I mean, well, there's literally giving money, as in like forcing like government-to-government loans, but there's also the fact that like let's say that, that Russia – capitulated tomorrow and ukraine got to take maximal victory like take crimea back all that stuff um i mean u.s companies would get to come in and rebuild the war-torn parts the contracts yep. would go to u.s i mean the profits would go home i mean if, if if they have their way at least i mean you know it's not obviously that's not guaranteed to happen but that would be that's what the goal is yeah, and the other thing to think about it is these countries that we do this with, like when we did it with Iraq and like with like like in Afghanistan, the idea is to make sure that there's a complete victory after we lo- technically loan them money, and then we pay our own contractors to go in there and do st- and fix the place up again. So this is all money being spent from us. Like even the, even those profits don't come from the other country because they have no money. So who's paying these contractors to go in and fix this stuff? There are no more rich people in that country. Like Right. Well, so, and, and, and so like if other con- – I mean literally private military companies step in to like run mines and stuff and keep oh, shipping yeah. goods back to us. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, 100%. 
hundred percent. And then, and then, just general general military overspending, which which I already handed on before, right? Like, like we're we're spending so much money in our military, and to a degree, it's always good because we feel safer because we're spending all this money. But however, there's also a practicality argument, right? Like we really are spending too much money. The next thing is government corruption and political instability. So as we as you were going through that history, right, like how many different uh, tumultuous times did Rome have to go through because people couldn't figure out who was going to rule? Right. right? There, there's there's people get, you know, people would get stabbed in the streets all the time um, and they were corrupt. Right. They were like the senators were just fully corrupt. They would use money, um, uh, threats of violence and like sexual um sexual deviance cases against people in order to maintain maintain control so they would like like they were so corrupt by the time that they started and and go ahead and put the 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 catholics in there too right like mixing mixing religion and the the government together and the money that just flowed back and forth and and all of all of these shenanigans, right? Like they're just so corrupt, and that's what's going on now. There, our our corporations have complete control over our government through money and 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 corruption by politicians. And there's instability because nobody can agree on on how to um, how to rule the country. And our government's gotten our government, but not only our government, but also our laws have gotten so complicated over time that it's impossible. It's getting harder and harder for the government to manage the country. Um, like the basic things that we have don't get taken care of, right? Our infrastructure alone is, is just getting run down because we haven't done anything to it on a massive scale since maybe 20 years after world war two. Sure. And it, and it mirrors the, um, uh, the the decline into feudalism, um, you know, where, where essentially the question being asked was what what am I paying taxes for? Right, and and back to your your point of um, like you were talking about the about Christianity coming in, right, um, and that being a small part of it, and contributing to lots of different factors, including political instability. Now, we don't have a religion per se that's coming in and taking over another religion. What we have is essentially a loss of... Because um, we don't like to have... Some people like to have their their religion in the government other people don't like to have their religion in the government and that's kind of always how it's been but there is has been a loss of traditional values over time now i'm not saying that whether or not this is a a good or bad thing ultimately however there has been a shift from structured religion to um uh, opinions of masses, right, and a more moral, uh, uh, moral ambiguity, and and it, it's it's hard it's hard to explain, but 
there's more atheists now than there are people who are religious, and religion comes with stability. So, so we have uh, we have a transition from religion to non-religion, and like I said before, whether or not this is a good or bad thing, I mean, we'll see that with time, but it is creating instability um, because we did have what are quote unquote more traditional values that are being changed. It's a, it's a period of transition. Um, and then, yeah. So those are the things those are, that's like six out of the eight things that, that caused the fall of Rome. And those are things that are happening to us now, just in slightly different ways. Um, so when people say, you know, oh, well, this is what happened to Rome. Yeah, this is what happened to Rome. And if, if, if we're not careful, we're, because we're already having problems. So if we're not careful and we don't realign, we're, we're in for the big trouble in the long haul. Um, I don't, sure. I don't envy my, my kid having to live through the fall of the American empire. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mourn the death of the American empire because I don't think that that's not fair. Maybe I'll mourn it, but like, I don't find the idea of it shocking or scary because I mean, every empire ends eventually, right? Like, sure, but there, it's ridiculous there to think that we're just going to keep going forever. Oh, sure. Um, I know we're not going to go forever, but but there is no like. <clears throat> so Britain has literally been. I mean, I guess you could say Rome. I guess like it's still there, but it's 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 more difficult to get a soft landing than something catastrophic happening. And even during a soft landing, there's still a lot of hurt for right. the people of that country. And so it, there, there's only like two ways out of it, right? Like either our government and our people get on the same page and start doing what they have to do to make sure that things continue over time and that there's no degradation in in the foundations or we have to eliminate all boundaries through the world so that we're all one one people like those are really the only two options that create stability for the people who are already here in the united states sure i, I think it's worth talking what like what would we actually do to prevent it because i mean you ended your stuff saying like um you know if we're not careful but um i mean obviously there's nothing that the three of us can do, but if you even just talk about like what could the government do, I think that shooting for England as a model would be the way to go. I mean that that yeah. is the off ramp in my opinion is like you have some other. I mean basically what happened to England is that at the end of World War II we took them apart and we stripped them for pieces basically. Um, and so, like that, having well, that happen. Sorry, by the time they were already mostly destroyed by the time that we entered the fight. Like, like they had already bombed London into into 
damn near ashes sure by the time that we joined <laughs> and, and obviously like the u.s coming in probably had something to do with them wanting to take stuff off of england they probably waited you know and they I'm also sure. um i mean obviously and, and like england would have lost control of india regardless of london getting bombed um but yeah. what i'm trying to say is that at, in the peace conferences for world war ii essentially what happened is that it, 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 the UK did not hand over everything to the United States, but it was like kind of like handing over management. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that was the exact same time at the end of World War II when the dollar became the the new global standard. Um, but we were also the most powerful military at the time. And, the, and it all kind of ties into what, into he, who gets the, the, the money standard, right? There's, there's military power, there's, um, uh, amount of money. Um, and there's, there's some other factors as well, but sure. as far as what's the most stable and reliable, right. But that, that was our rise to power. We were poor as all fucks before world war two, like world war two is what created our, our economy. So if, you know, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Like, yes, I, I do see that handover of power and authority. Um, and yeah, they do still agree, disagree with us sometimes, but we usually get our way. Um, and yeah. Right. But I mean, it, sure I guess. Yeah, sure. I guess what I'm trying to say is um, the the way the best way off for us is to is to kind of try to stand down like we have so many military bases overseas like those could we could start dismantling those and then i mean eventually um the like somebody would have to kind of like step up to either become the next empire or like you said maybe maybe at that point everybody's ready for countries to just completely dissolve and uh we can be one world yeah, I what I would what I would what I would hope for is exactly what you're saying. We slowly start to get rid of our military influence in the rest of the world, other than literally maybe bases as close to the like our most three like uh, dangerous opponents. Right. Like other than like those very specific places, we remove our bases and we start spending less and less in each year on our defense until we get down to to half of what we're spending now. Right. So so like over like a, a, a 15 to 20 year period, we reduce our our money that we have going in going in um, and into that into defense and into you know expansion of military that's the first thing that has to be done right uh, and we've got to stop policing the world and we and we've got to start letting people fight their own battles um i mean i don't i don't have a problem saying it and i said it when it happened like you know why are why why are we in the middle of a battle be between two allies of the soviet union like, like, why, why are we even in that battle? Um, sure. 
we're halfway across the world and we don't even get anything from them anyway. Like it's not, uh, and this isn't me being like, like trying to be callous or anything like that. It's just a matter of, of, I don't understand what our interest is other than a humanitarian interest. But even at a humanitarian interest, we're the only country that gives a shit. So, like, why why are we still trying to stand on a moral high ground when we do things like like bomb weddings in Iraq? Sure. Like, 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 we're not walking the walk that we say that we're we're talking, right? Certainly. Like, so I don't. So I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. We don't need to be all over the world, especially if we're not going to do any good. Like, right. there, there's, no, there's no good that comes from it. Right. That's... I think that it does, um, like, bring money back home in some way, or else it wouldn't be done. That's I, I, I really don't think we're losing money on the whole thing. I think that, you know, if we were losing money, we would pull out already. Well, the thing that I'll say about that is so you know how like during the pandemic the government printed a whole bunch of money in order to like sure fund stuff right every time we give money in the billions to ukraine that money's being printed sure they're creating more inflation right of course just yeah because we're, just because we're funding them and where does that money go that Certainly. money goes to our defense contractors. Right. I wasn't trying to argue that the American people have seen a benefit from the war in Ukraine. I was mostly just trying to say that, like, at, at the very least, like, maybe up until 10 years ago, like, the 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 places we invade, it was to make a profit. Uh, and, sure. and they were largely successful at that. And maybe maybe now that start kind of started to break down. Yeah, I think I mean, I think it's been starting to break down ever since Vietnam. Sure. Right? Like, like, and the Cuban Missile Crisis. There was, uh, what was that operation? Um, right before Kennedy got assassinated, right when he got into office. Well, there, there, there was, was the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, Bay of Pigs. Yeah, yeah, Bay of Pigs. Like, we keep trying to do this stuff and go into places where we really shouldn't be, just because there's some, you know, there's some resource or there's something like that that we can grab by proxy, and I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think it's starting to break down, and we we have to realize we can't keep doing that anymore because it just doesn't it doesn't work. Sure, Rav. I like what you said earlier about how like if we start to stand down, like that that made me think about like maybe empires instead of having to be like murdered as they often end up being, uh, maybe like a retirement. For empires is, is the like end goal you know because i do think about england and I, I look at where they are right now and they're doing all right you know like i know they got the whole like eu brexit thing and they have economic troubles like everybody else but like they're doing okay you know i think people in england are are happy for the yeah. most part um maybe that's not like the the terrible plan you know maybe we need to start writing our you know, our will, if you will, you know, sure. who's getting what and, you know, via that parsing out of our responsibilities, we can just become, you know, just a really nice, comfy little country. 
Yeah, I think, and I think the best way to do that outside of like receding, receding our our military, like we talked about before, is just becoming more reliant on the people and the resources that we already have in the country. Like COVID made it made it very very obvious that we can't keep depending on China for stuff because we had shortages of everything and it's because almost everything that we use is being made in China using like we talked about before like slave labor and um and you know people being paid you know a penny on the dollar if not half a penny on the dollar you know like we have the ability to and and this is how we became great in the first place which which was utilizing our own people and our own ingenuity to create an economy that was worth something by itself and right now the only thing we're good for is our credit system and I think we really need to reevaluate that stance. I'm not saying that we need to be like, like toot the horn and and play the drums like nationalist. I don't think we need that. But we can responsibly and reliably change direction on some of these things to create a more stable country. Yeah, that can that can and will be able to actually get that soft landing like you're talking about jeff like a retirement plan like let's get our ducks in a row so that when when everything falls out we don't have food shortages we don't sure. have the you know we don't have drug shortages we don't have these problems that we had before and these are all things that we could do in the country because we did them until we went international during um, during the Clinton era. Um, and so this is definitely some things that we can do. We've proven we can do it. Right. I think a, well, a great place to start with that is like a great example to set is for uh, the people in Congress who are just too old to be serving, retiring. Set the example for the whole country. Right. You know? Just retire. It's okay. The country's yeah, going to have to do it eventually. You can do it too. Yeah, it's okay not to to serve until you die. And even before that point, make sure that all your private affairs are being taken over by your, your children. Diane Feinstein. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to serve until you, you die. If you are no longer mentally capable... It's okay to admit that, and it's okay to stop and enjoy your life with your family and friends. It's yeah. okay. I mean, like, with the case of Diane Feinstein, it's literally like once you're at the point where you're starting to lose mental capability, it's too late to retire because right. there's basically everybody around you is just going to want to keep you in power. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Biden's in the same boat. Lose, yeah, they oh, don't want to yeah. lose their jobs. There's people that work for you, and if you quit, they lose their jobs. Right. Which is, which is another problem, right? Like, those people should move on to the next person, right? And, like, I don't uh, That's a whole other thing. But it's okay to retire. Like Jeff yeah. said, it's perfectly okay. We support you. Do it and, before it's too late. Yeah. And it's okay to, like, lose the mentality of the hustle, 
you know, like everything doesn't have to be bigger and better and you don't have to be a part of changing everything, you know, like it's okay at some point in time to just sit back and not work and relax, you know, and enjoy the fruits of the labor that you put in, you know, let, let the younger generation do their thing and, and, and get back and, and enjoy your retirement because you're not serving us anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think you're still serving, but you're not doing anything any good. And, and the, the reasons why, yeah, I would hope the reasons why, even if you think you're still doing it and you think you're doing good is, is like altruistic and you think you're doing a good job. And it's not because other people are telling you, no, you can't do this because we need you because, I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you. We we don't anymore. Um, like, you, you've done a good job. Thank you for your service. Please go enjoy Christmas with your grandchildren. Yeah, and your and this great is... grandchildren, because you're 75 years old, and you probably have great-grandchildren. Like, <laughs> And this uh, is definitely true for um, Supreme Court justices as well. Please, retire. Don't die while someone you don't want in power has the ability to replace you you know <laughs> yeah i mean with the we have differing opinions all around the country and we need to hear those voices and you stifling them because you i mean and this goes for both parties this is not a single party issue this is no, a <laughs> this is an entire governmental issue and you need to go on we'll, well and private life too. I mean, CEOs and stuff too. I'm sure it, it, it extends there as well. Right. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, we're living longer and longer and the age of living longer and longer has increased by uh, f multiple factors in the past 50 years. And so this is a new era of people living longer than they're supposed to anyway. And so we're just now seeing, I think we're just now seeing the impacts of people living too long. Um, well, the impact and, is that life expectancy has started to shrink. Well, that's, that's, that's actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> because I don't know. I'm one of those people where I don't want to live to be that old. Sure. I, I just don't like, I want, I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to live until I'm infirm. And the last, you know, two to three years of your life are just sitting in a chair, hopefully hoping that somebody feeds you and changes your diaper. Like, that doesn't sound like a good way to go to me, but that's my opinion. I don't want to ever become that dependent on other people, but I do want to live to be very old, you know, and I, sure. I think that uh, we're approaching that like on a technological standpoint, like from a that angle we're, we're getting to a point where that's going to be true that we're going to start living a lot longer, but I don't know. That's going to change all these things, but that hasn't happened yet. So it's okay to retire right now. Yeah. It's okay. You can do it. We support you. Yeah. Let us live forever. You don't need to. <laughs> Seems don't need legit. To. Right. Right. And if you don't live forever, we'll create a chat bot out of all of the text messages you ever sent anyway. It's okay. Like you'll still be around in some way. Misspelling. Yeah, typos, all caps will keep your spirit alive. 
Yeah, I mean, I could probably go on discussing this stuff for hours, but um, we'll have oh, to yeah, come back absolutely. to it at some point. Yeah, we'll do a, a part two on Rome. I mean, how much of this is really about Rome? I think we got about 25, 30 minutes of Rome and then a solid good rant about the U.S. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think that's that's good. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do but, I mean, book. isn't that the whole point, though, right? That's why we think about Rome. Right, <laughs> Because right. it's so relevant to what's going on here now. Ooh, and yeah. I have one final point. It's interesting sure. to me that everybody talks about comparing the fall of the U.S. to the fall of the Roman Empire and not the fall of the Roman Republic. Like, during Trump, people were talking more about the fall of the Roman Republic, at least in my opinion. And, like, now it seems like people have largely moved on and are truly recognizing that we're not in a fall of the Republic moment. That happened a long time ago. Ah, so the Republic has already fallen. Well, yeah, and the Republic fell in, in Rome with Julius Caesar, right? Like back back when Trump was was uh, around, people talked a lot. They they compared our days a lot to the days of Julius Caesar. You know, with somebody seizing power and all that stuff, right? But I mean, in my opinion, like that moment happened a long time ago, and I think it shows with the fact that people now talk about the fall of the Roman Empire. Oh, that's interesting. It's like going to be culturally we've we've moved on or as a, a unit we've moved on to this new concept right people understand the u.s as an empire today right I'm, I'm gonna be honest i think it was it was the moment that we joined the global what uh, the moment the moment the united states started shifting from um and like uh having our, our workforce be here and our workforce being elsewhere is when that shift started. Sure. Um, because that's when the corporations gained a lot of power and gained a lot of money and really started taking control over our government. And I think, I think that that's probably the, the silent killer. Um, it, it wasn't so silent at the time. Not everybody agreed with, with, the actions that took place however i think the things that are loud even when obama was in office the the republicans were like he's not going to give up power and blah 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 and then you know the the left was all worried about trump not giving up power and um you know i think if if we do want to consider the end of the republic like this is like a big bang like ending the republic the only thing that happens is is somebody takes over the country. Like there's a military coup and the military takes over the country. That's the only like like other change that we can go through. Sure. Um, and it's so, not out of the question, but I feel like that has to be another episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a completely other episode for sure. All right. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to um, join our Discord. Be sure to give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And whoever already did that, I love you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're the best. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out.